Dad Bod Rap Pod. Uh, we just conducted a social experiment off air before we pressed record on this. And Dave and Nate, this is like one of those videos where like kids try Jamaican snacks for the first time. <laughs> I love those videos. Yeah, so which I which I love too. Fuck I you, don't love this song. Yeah, BuzzFeed. Uh, <laughs> we did a social experiment where Nate and Dave got to hear Old Town Road by Little Nas X. Um a titan figure in the music industry, inventor of country <laughs> trap. Um, and judging by the looks is, on their faces. Is country trap crap? <laughs> <laughs> is interject with Please joke. allow me to be the first to make this joke. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, I, don't, I don't understand why people like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't understand why people like it or why you don't like it? No, I understand why I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a deep understanding of why I don't like it. I, I, I'm hearing it for the first time after it's so hyped. Like, right. if some if like somebody had played it for me and said this is some unknown artist, I would have been like, no, that's interesting. But honestly, getting kicked off the country charts seems to be the best thing that ever happened to this. Oh, absolutely, 100%. absolutely, masterstroke, yeah. masterstroke. Dave, uh, you were nodding out. You were kind of. <laughs> I'm sweaty from dancing. Well, you're yeah. a big Billy Ray guy <laughs> to begin with. Right? I was I'm here top. for the, I was here for the guest verse. Um, <laughs> fucking horrendous. <laughs> Next, <laughs> Jesus. I I can see why people fuck with it because I mean people fucking suck, right? I mean I mean real talk. I, Damone, you seem to be back in it. Is that, uh, uh, what, is that the vibe I'm Are getting? we hurting your achy brain? <laughs> or, or what's up? I, I think Billy Ray redeemed all of his daughter's misgivings against the culture. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, look, look. I'm, I'm going to tell you like this. The, it, it hits me on, on a couple levels. And number one, number one, um, this is like high concept to me. So part of me is like um, there's been a lot of rap parody. Right, like the on the boat. I'm on a boat. Guy won a Grammy or some. The shit. Lonely Island. The Lonely Island. Yeah. The the Saturday Night Live guy. Yeah. Did, okay. It's they're, it's not a guy. It's a group. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Andy Samberg is right. probably the guy you're right, thinking right, of, right. and then he has two his like his buddies that he grew up sure, with. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And they and they did this this parody rap of which there's many, um, and it was like, oh, this is cute. This is cool. Right. right. Like it it was heralded as being something. Funny, and they did. They won. I want to say. I think they did win a they, Grammy. They did win a Grammy. They have it. a song with E Forty that's produced by J Zone. Wow, that is that's nuts. wild. That okay. is wild. And I also a, read J Zone's book while I was it, on vacation. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I have my copy for you, by the brimming way. Brimming with oh, facts. Nice. Always <laughs> facts at the ready. So, so I have this kind of bitterness about rap parody. Period. There's a lot of acoustic. One hundred percent. White right. people doing acoustic. Um, That's the worst music in the history of the world, totally. uh, as yeah. personified by the character Marnie on Girls. Okay, she does. She kind of does that, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. Like, and, Atlanta terrible... did a great send up yep. of that yes. last season <clears throat> as well. And so, part of me is is this shit is fucking catharsis for me. I love that. Um, that for whatever, and we can argue about what is and is isn't country music. Actually, let's not argue about that. <laughs> um, we can we can talk about what is and isn't country music, but in effect, this kid has kind of trolled um, a whole genre by saying, "Let let me take you know the most characterized parts of your culture, put it to a trap beat, and see how you like it." Um, I wonder if I would have liked it more if there was no Billy Ray, and especially because Billy Ray is the first thing you hear. And I had heard so much about this. We talked about this on the last episode, but I was in Europe when this kind of kicked off, and I purposefully chose not to participate in this phenomenon, and now I have. And I could just go back. 
you I can't just, go back now. I could just get a bottle of wine. Totally. And this is the red the pill. And yeah. Now, now I know. Now I know what everyone's talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have bitten from the the tree on the old town. I, I will say he's handling fame well. He's like being like fun, kind of playful and jocular on Twitter, and oh, like that's cool. Really like seizing his moment well, in a, a fun, interesting way. He, he surpassed Drake, right? Was yeah, the most thing? streams ever in Jesus. a week. So and by twenty six million, it was like no, not even close. Wow. He's he's hacked into something, and so I I like it as a as a pop culture hack. Okay. You know what I mean? It's it's it he, does sound hacky. He he thanks. <laughs> Do you uh, like the song? Do you like the track? Yeah, are I, you bumping this? I'm not gonna bump it, but the idea is fucking genius. I'm sorry, the idea is genius. Isn't like that the nobody idea as sort of shallow and cliche as the, Abs- uh, absolutely absolutely as the novelty rap songs where we're dissing absolutely but it's it, it's the reversal of the power dynamic and him okay. getting off the country charts was just a per- perfect example they rejected it in such a way that we've been wanting to reject fake shit that comes into the rap zone and we just have to take well, it dicky yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so anybody can walk through rap um, any white person that wants to do something cute can come through rap and do whatever the fuck they want. Got it. Okay. And we are and we are told lighten up, you know, this mm-hmm. is for everybody, mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. And now this Iggy song, Azalea. yo, <laughs> Igloo Australia. Um, <laughs> so now that the the uh, the cowboy boot is on the other foot, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Zing. wow, be here all week. He um, just tipped his cap. You guys couldn't <laughs> see it. Yeah, Wrangler on my booty as well. Um, I, I just I love that. Number two. Number two, it's it was there the whole time. This very simple put a trap beat behind something lightweight twangy was there the whole time it's and somehow nobody trap, did it. But there was a country rapper right. when I worked at a record store in a former life called Cowboy Troy. Who they they were really pushing. You really can't see my There's eyes. There's a lot right of now. that. I mean we were sort of talking about it um, you know, off air, but you know, rapping dupe to har to har. Um, uh, X, Sadat Wild X. Wild West, Wild uh, Cowboys, Regulators. Oh, Wild Cowboys. That's what it was. Now, so, so look. So the country aesthetic has been circling around hip hop for a while. Even Nelly, country grammar, right? Yeah. Like it was there the whole. Bubba Sparks. It was there the whole time. This kid, in a sense, if you wanted to say, how do you marry those two things? He nailed it. He may never ever do it again, and that and that's fine. Also, Taylor Swift will be doing this shit for the next five years, and that's also fine. <laughs> she it's, hasn't really been country for quite a while. She about to be. Right. She heard this shit yeah, and was like, yeah. "Ooh." I, I I don't know if you guys followed this little saga at all, but like, so Miley went hip hop with Mike Will made it and did right. like um, whatever her we can't stop or whatever, <sighs> mm-hmm. and and her the Jordan song where. Yeah, yeah. The, you guys should see Damone's face. Hilarious. <laughs> it, it physically hurt him when I mentioned that. Um, and then she kind of like got in trouble for twerking and doing drugs and being and naked or whatever and, and disavowed, disavowed the culture mm-hmm. and then made a one bad album. No one liked it. And now she's back. Yeah, because that's what hip hop is. It's like it's right. a it's a funny hat for you to put on. Right. It's, it's right. not a culture. Right. And so in a sense, Little Nas X is putting on country music, which was black music in the beginning. But do your homework. Um, Charlie Pride, Ray Charles, these yeah, kind of things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and, you know, the, the banjo is an African instrument, but whatever. So he's taking it and he's it's it's reversing that dynamic. It's he put together two pop culture things in such a way. And he's like a meme kid. So mm-hmm. he was promoting Country is the other meme. kind of thing that sells. You know sure. what I mean? Right. It's like you right. get r- rap still sells to a certain extent, right. though. Right. It's mostly a streaming phenomenon. But. 
Country still sells. It, like people show up. There it's are the CDs heart. in Walmart. Yeah, you know it's, what I mean. It's the heart of like pure Americana, like white bread mayonnaise music. And this dude just barely put a trap beat under it. Did something super simple mm-hmm. and like cracked the whole code on this shit. Is he an amazing artist? I can't say that. I know like one cute thing that he's done. Um, I I admire the execution on this, and he's been handling hmm. it very well um, in the in the Twitter space. And- I'll just say this: I'm shocked you like it, right? And for if we're taking one hit wonders, I'll take the bitch I'm a cow all day every day. <laughs> well, it's from the, it, but it's meme music. It's from the same vibe, and I right. love that record too. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought the video and all that. Not that I know it's- you like the video. yeah i was so ready to give doja cat another chance um but it's it's again it's it's this understanding of pop culture and just hacking it and just being like okay these are things that get attention they're sticky there's something about me i hate pop records and i love pop records. sure i love a good pop i mean i hate it but i love it and um ask me how i feel about this song in a month It'll probably be different, but right, I hear um, you. But the fact it's at also, the height of its thing right now. It's he he's called Little Nas X, which again, again, he needs to be on the Country Music Awards as Little Nas X. My people have come so far. <laughs> Tiger Woods, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. y'all. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, I. This is a bit of a segue, but hey, it's our show. We can do what we want. Uh, did any of you listen to any of the Billie Eilish record? Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I, no, what did Roxanne Strance say? I didn't listen to it. I was subjected right, to it. That's right. funny. Kids. I think it's really interesting. Do you guys like I think it? That's the, I think that's the best pop music right now okay. for sure. Yeah, okay. I think it's fascinating. Okay. I don't, I'm not like bumping it, but I did listen to it through once and then went back and explored a couple of songs in a bit more depth. Okay. It's very weird. Weird's good. But I don't I know if weird. it's weird in like a, I just discovered if you put on black nail polish, the kids at school will make fun of you kind of weird mm-hmm. way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't, it, now, is she an industry plant? Wrong show. Oh, for, for this sure. This was last week. For sure. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, all, all day. I'm I should have like, brought her up. I'm like, who, Billy Idol? What, what are we talking Billy about? Billy Idol. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of like if, if uh, to me, it's like if Future were like a 19 year old white woman. And like, but she brings like Denzel Curry on tour. Like, mm-hmm. she's like, she knows she's paying like her little dues to hip hop. No, she's, in a she's very been she's way. been very uh, upfront about. She's inspired homage. by Odd Future, yeah. and like that's yeah. where she's, like she's ha- the homage. kind of career she wants to have. I th- I sure. think she's really interesting. Okay, yeah. I'll yeah. listen okay. to more. I'll take a weird pop record for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but... It's not that dissimilar to like Annika. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. we, the, that artist on Stone's Throw or a, a couple of other different things where it's like really dark, <clears throat> but it's definitely still pop. Like, yeah, they're well written, well constructed songs. Breathy pop. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, I like this way more than Lord, which like the whole okay. world flipped out over right, Lord and I didn't right. get it. Like I, I Royals. I'm uh, like, uh, oh. A uh, trappy Fiona album. New Zealish snap music. I get it. <laughs> um, but everyone freaked out. I was like, okay, you guys are taking this too far. Does you have any other good songs? And then they're like, mm, no, not really. But so, I would say on the Billie Eilish, there's three or four songs that are really interesting. Okay. Yeah, I was I was trying to counsel my kids on why we don't listen to songs called Zanny. Um, <laughs> that song's tight, dude. But it's yeah. I've listened to that a hundred times more than Little Nas X. But which I, will I like be my last but, time. But but I but I like that you got in the pool though. I I appreciate that. Oh man, um, the the cesspool of pop. All right, culture. let's talk to big. Let's talk about Big Nas. Big Nas. <laughs> this is the wildest kind of postmodern uh, intro. As my phone goes off, um, 
this is the wildest postmodern intro of all time because we're actually today talking about uh, one of the greatest hip hop records of all time. That gets very much overused all the time right, by everyone, right. but in this particular case, uh, it is absolutely true. It might literally be the best one. Right. You, you can make it. You can make a very totally, totally. strong argument. That's not even a hot take. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's turning twenty five as of this week, and we are of course talking about Illmatic. Of course, uh, this Friday it turns twenty five. This Friday yeah. turns twenty five. So. We are going to dissect it in the way that um, only we can. Um, You may have heard about us on AV Club uh, for our (laughs) ability to break down uh, classic hip-hop records. So we're going to do a deep dive on Illmatic on the other side of the break. Dead by Rap Pod. In my mind right now, I don't know, maybe you can do this in post, Nate. I just hear New York State of Mind start up. The motherfucking dungeons of rap. This is the Dad Bod Rap Pod. We are talking about arguably the greatest rap album ever made, Illmatic. So I'm assuming all of you have heard Illmatic, so we don't have to do a lot of picture painting here. But let's talk about why. So in mm-hmm. contemporary times, albums are short. Yeah. This album is short. Right. Straight up murderer's row mm-hmm. of all the best producers. And besides yeah. Premiere, I think they're all literally from Queens, mm-hmm. as is Nas. Yeah. Um, so you have this kind of like great sonic palette that works together and like they're sampling the illest stuff and they're just like very concise chops and mm. it, it like has this dripping atmosphere. Right. And he was a new voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think... Part of the reason is, and there's a one track, and I'll see if you guys think this too, that arguably could have been left off, but basically, it's perfect. Yeah. And I think yeah. most people think One Time for Your Mind is kind of mm. the the not great song. You know? I, I like that one too. I do too. I, I, love I like it all. I love, I love it. I, I, yeah. No, I love that. I love that. But I feel like it's why part of the reason and kind of what you're getting at, why it's so great is there is no extra. There is no right. fat to it. Um, totally, the artwork was incredible. Right, um, that has been copied in so like, many mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. like yeah. a meme before memes. Mm-hmm. Right, so just, many times. Yeah, so there's just so many like iconic aspects to it. There were so many things that that Nas and and the team mm-hmm. got right. Now we we you know for those of us who were old enough to remember. Uh, <laughs> When this came out, he was still basking in the glory of Live at the Barbecue. Right. Like when he came out right. and he was this like lightning bolt new voice. And mm-hmm. then Halftime was on the Zebrahead soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And so there was this, at that time, there was this kind of like progressive hype. Like, right. Oh my God, right. this dude Nas, this dude Nas. He's the heir to Rakim. He's mm-hmm. the next. Mm-hmm. Nasty Nas. Nasty Nas right. at that point. Right. And so there was this kind of like growing legend around him before the album dropped. And then I think it had to be because of magazines. There was this like, oh, he got Q-Tip to produce mm-hmm, part of the record. Mm-hmm. Oh, he got Premiere. Right, right. So the legend of it and the hype, I would say, was only eclipsed by Snoop's first album. 
as, mm. in terms of pre-internet hype. That yeah. was crazy because like Snoop's live at the barbecue is um, deep cover, deep cover. Thank right. you. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then his Zebrahead soundtrack is one of the greatest albums of all time. Right. The Chronic, right. which the chronic. Like, and he's like on so much of it. Mm. Right. So right. It's so a, it's a little crazy. Like Snoop, like feels like he came out fully formed. Nas gave you like little peaks. You were right. just you were right. getting little glimpses, but it was enough to know. That he was such a, a breath of fresh air, and this idea of being, which I remember being big at the time, as the lyrical heir to Rakim, mm-hmm. in the sense that uh, me and my rapper friends used to talk about, he raps in perfect concentric circles. A young, a young Nas. Mm-hmm. So it's like rappers, a monkey kick them with the funky rhythm. I be kicking new rhyming word. Musician inflicting compositions of pain. I'm like Starface mm-hmm. sipping cocaine. Mm-hmm. New circle. Right. Holding an M16. Mm-hmm. See with the pen, I'm extreme. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh my. There was just, it was almost like those mandala mm. pieces of artwork yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. just so yeah. beautifully collaged. And the but it's imagery. also like a novel. It's like at the yeah. same time, it's telling what that song in particular is incredible and probably one of the greatest songs right. ever written in any genre. Um, New York State of Mind, for those of you who don't memorize Nas lyrics, but. Um, you should. <laughs> um, it, the way that kicks in. So they start with the the wild style skit, right? Yes. The Genesis. Yeah. It's got the train sounds, and Ugh. that just like puts you in the now the you world in New York. Of, yeah, grimy yeah, right, old right. pre gentrification New York. Yep. And then when that piano drops, it's just like you're you're entering this world, and he totally. tells this brilliant narrative, and you're just like captivated. Right. You're, you're right. on the rooftop. <clears throat> Whenever totally. I hear that, I'm like totally. I'm about to jump off of a rooftop right now. Right. And it's so kind of encapsulated. Um, a vibe and a feeling and a time um, to the point where you could make a, a an argument that Nas spent years trying to live that down. Like it was, it he was, still is. You think so? Right, I, absolutely. Right. He's haunted. Uh, his career is haunted by, by how good Illmatic yeah, is. Yeah, I mean that's his Citizen Kane, right? Exactly. You that's a really I mean? good way oh, of putting wow. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's this weird like kind of contrarian faction of rap twitter I that will this. go in on the it was God. written Continue. is is better than the fuck uh, illmatic i just can't even entertain that yeah, for totally. a moment Get out yeah, of here. It, yeah just dre's ad libs on nas is coming alone or are disqualified <laughs> nas, like they're fake they're fake lighting a joint i look i get it once you you and here's what we do in hip-hop we we get spoiled on classics and then we start taking classics for granted um, Illmatic was a moment in time. Nas is being a new voice. I mean, I think it's bri- brilliantly covered in the movie, um, the Nas documentary, which is called something. The, I can't remember, but yeah, I know what you're it, talking yeah, about. It's great. It's, it's fun. not called Stillmatic, is it? We're talking no. about the, his, the, the, the one where it's the like, film? yeah, it, it's, it's I a documentary. It's, I think you're right. And it, it called it's uh, time is Illmatic. Time uh, is Illmatic. Yeah, it's called time is Illmatic. And it's a lot about his brother. Right. Yeah. Right. Jungle. Yeah. yeah. And it's mm-hmm. it just his upbringing and kind of like this whole thing, the vibe and the energy and also the redemption of Queensbridge. Mm-hmm. So he had so much on his shoulders, like coming into totally, this. Not totally. only was he breaking through as an artist, but if you watch the movie, they they, t- they kind of explain it. They're still coming off of being crushed by Karis one on the bridges over. Mm-hmm. Like the whole neighborhood is like reeling. It's kind of like when we watch football and Seattle was just whipping the 49ers ass for like it seemed like a whole decade. Like that's how they they kind of set this up. And so Nas is stepping into um, being kind of like 
this ascendant king, totally. his whole neighborhood's totally. on his back. His whole aesthetic is on his back. And I don't know if anybody has ever delivered totally with, with totally. that kind of pressure and expectation. Well, I mean, he had a fucking Jedi council of producers surrounding themselves, totally. you know, yeah. surrounding themselves with him. And it's like unbelievable. Talk like, about delivering it. And, yeah. and getting the weight that was on your shoulders. And I you think uh, it, it has to be mentioned. Nas is extremely handsome and like mm-hmm. well dressed for the time. Like he had like the, yeah. you know, it's like he he was the full package. Like and and he, 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 and he like, was young. And he was really yeah, young. That, mm-hmm. that was the thing. I think they're talking about he's 18, 19 when he's writing. A there's a, there's a lot of things like when uh, Odd Future was coming out. They're like, can you believe they're doing this when they're 18? And there's a lot like an, an old head kind of thing where it's like, Rakim was right, 17 when he right. wrote the greatest rap songs ever made, right. and Nas was 18 when he right. wrote totally. this. Right. It's like uh, rap's, uh, up until very recently, a young man's game, so it's yeah. not that weird for your it, best shit to agreed. become yeah, but it, it You're had, supposed to be in high school. <laughs> it had this kind right. of gritty, almost like... Um, but it was wise, right? I, I, right. Yeah, yeah streetwise, like, novelist. Right. Yeah, it, it just definitely had this, uh, I guess, a narrative voice that we also hadn't heard before because there was kind of like a... It was a reflective kind of gangster experience. Mm-hmm. Like it was definitely, you know, hyperviolent, had all totally, the problematic totally. edges to it. But then he also kind of has this kind of morality play mm-hmm, that's going mm-hmm, on throughout mm-hmm. the album. So, um, yeah, it was written. I mean, come on, guys. What do we do? What do we do? <laughs> no, here's what we're saying. We're, we're saying that it was written was probably better than we gave it credit for at, at the, the time. time. Sure. Which that I, I agree I, with. I totally agree with. If you're sitting here and saying it's better than Illmatic, you need to show me the 10 tracks. And it had more right. than 10 um, that eclipsed that. So hopefully we can stop having weird contrarian debates about that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so let's uh, let's let's walk through it a little bit. We each kind of have some fave tracks that we're going to deep dive on. But as Nate mentions, um, opens up with New York State of Mind, um, which is just ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> and then next up we have life's a bitch and then you die so <laughs> this is um and i hate to say this if if he's listening or any of his fans are listening i think this is az's greatest singular moment and i can Definitely. never i can never get into him after this this is Same. az's live at the barbecue right right but, but then there was and there was this level of expectation i like az probably do. a little bit more than you guys do okay. but and and he is he he's like i don't know if he's still make like doing new new stuff but up until the middle of his career he's still referencing this verse like totally, he, totally. it's it's very well constructed it's a brilliant verse actually yeah. oh it's yeah. amazing absolutely. Um, absolutely. but amazing. yeah it, it is the i think it's the best thing he ever did i don't think it's the only good thing he ever did okay that's okay. my no, personal no, that. fair enough that. that's yeah. fair enough i like yeah. Sugar yeah. Hill. there's some cats there's some cuts on, that, no, yeah. on his solo album yeah there's yeah. He's but it's a not good the rapper. classic it's not the classic that some people talk about like az's no yeah. i'm i'm not there i'm not there with it but good solid album and and it was it was dope because he's doing it on this very standard issue sample this is one of the most straightforward um, joints on the whole album. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a tricky chop. Right. It's a highly recognizable song, and his pops plays on this. Right, uh, Nas is dead. Nas is dead. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. not a Mister Az. Not Mr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no uh, cornetist primarily, but yeah. uh, he's playing the trumpet on this. Oludara. Yeah, um, which yeah. it's hard for me to tell, and it's it kind of comes. It more ain't to hard to tell, that. Nate. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I had to. I had to. Like how involved he was in Nas and Jungle's life. Like he seems yeah. to be not around. Well, but if then you, if you they're watch in the touch enough to like, like call him up for 
drop a feature. Totally. You know cool. what I mean? Who doesn't reconcile with their estranged biological father when they get their first Become famous. Deal? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Not Shaq. Yeah. And then they, later in Nas's career, they did that Bridging the Gap yeah. single, which is more about the blues than about jazz yeah, per so, se. Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't I quite guess, understand. I had kind of stopped paying attention to Nas by that point, like, like most people did by the, by that time. <laughs> I'm um, cringing. You guys can't see. I'm yeah, like, eh, I don't know. Uh, next track. The next track is "The World Is Yours." Ah, isn't it so so good? <laughs> so Scarface, um, ephemera, like reverberates throughout hip hop. Um, it's it's an iconic movie. It's a bad movie if you really think about it. But um, it's certainly a long movie. It's a long movie. It's it's got Al Pacino being a problematic Cuban character, um, and I mean problematic just by his accent. But um, there's so connecting, calling it the world is yours, you know, and connecting it to that iconic scene in in Scarface. Again, Nas just kind of table setting um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the. This is a Pete Rock chop mm-hmm. um, of just an, a, a whimsical, sweeping piano sample that just. Right. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect, dude. Yeah. A chef kiss, the whole album. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what we can say that you know, hasn't already been said. You know what I mean? It's just so heralded. Yeah. It's like, this song is also good. Totally, totally. <laughs> he raps Amazing. Well. <laughs> but sure, surely it is. I mean, yeah. I sipped the Dom P watching Gandhi. Oh, man. I was, before yeah. we yeah. came on, I'm like, how do we not make this segment just us rapping all the good parts? <laughs> totally. and like, Isn't that no, part no, really totally good? No, that's totally what it is. Yeah. Right, right. That's totally what that's we're doing. its brilliance, though. I yeah. know. I could, you know, I, there's not that many albums where I'm almost 40. I could recite word for word. Totally. There totally. was a time where I could do Paul's Boutique pretty much word for word. I'd definitely, <laughs> definitely the first three Tribe albums. This is one of them. Yeah. It's so concise and well-written. Right. And it's like, you know, but it's not so tricky. You can't rap along Totally. With it. Agreed. But well, it's still, you know, it still requires effort. You yes. know what I mean? It's it's just perfect, dude. It yeah. rides that line. It's, you can rap along with it, It's a, but it's a smattering of awesome lyrics and couplets. And you know what I mean? It's all over. And I feel people are still trying to you know especially as we look at this boom bap renaissance i think you know folks are definitely trying to capture that feel mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. is there are certain records that are just like oh this is a genre right like this is a genre defining right. record for east coast rap mm-hmm. um this is kind of the high all rap. the high watermark for definitely you know. for all rap but i mean if you wear tims sure you know what oh, I mean? totally. like, this is <laughs> of course yeah, maybe totally. in the same way that if, right, if you right. hear the chronic you know, from the East Coast perspective, going, right. that is there. If you wear Dickies. If you wear Dickies, which I do. <laughs> next track. Uh, the next track, I feel like, Dave, it, this is a particular favorite of yours, Halftime. Oh, dude, I love it. I love Pro. it. I mean, yeah, of course. I was just going to say, Large Professor on the beat. Um, and, you know, it's a song that, like, I'm 40 and it still gets me hype. You know totally. what I mean? He's about to cause mass hysteria. He's in my area. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> have you guys ever seen Zebrahead? Yeah. I have not. Days what, ago. It, what is it yeah. about? Days ago. Heist. It's heist. It's centered in high school. Something. Something. Halftime is, it about is on Michael the soundtrack. Rappaport <laughs> being right. a white hip hop dude. Yeah, Rappaport. I know in he's it. in it. God yeah. damn it, Rappaport's, Rappaport's in, in it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'll have to do it's a Demont's re- favorite. I saw it when it came out. It's I remember retrospectively canceled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything involving Rappaport, we're canceling. No, I I saw it when it came out because that's when you could get free. Um, free movie tickets like if you just hung out at the record store for long enough they'd always come by with free movie tickets to mm. weird indie movies and that was one of them but halftime being on the soundtrack was a fucking 
That's the highlight of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is a little bit off subject, but um, when I came home yesterday, my wife was watching Tape Heads with John Cusack and Tim Robbins. Have you guys seen that Mm -hmm. movie? I had not seen that movie either, and I really need to go back and watch the whole thing. It's like insane. Okay. It's, it's, she was like, I can't believe you didn't watch this. This seems like such a record store guy movie to watch. And I was like, maybe I didn't want to admit that I'd never seen it, or it just kind of looked bad. Yeah. But there's there's a certain like kind of class of film, like the cult classic, where, yeah, it's bad, but like you right. should wait, definitely wait, wait. have seen it. This this is the Cusack movie where he owns a record store? No, no that's, that's a different one. That's oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay, that's oh, that's like, okay. you know. Yeah. Of course I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're actually about to be excommunicated. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's like the, that's a literal record store guy movie. She means like in terms of like, you know, there's yeah, kind of like yeah. a bunch of movies, like uh, El Topo, mm. I would say is like, that's like normal people don't watch that, but record store dudes watch that. You know what I mean? Or normal like, um, yeah, like watching Ed Wood films, not the movie Ed Wood. Right. Right. You know right, what I mean? It's yeah. like, they're like cult classics. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Right. VHS, but, but from like a very like '90s like sensibility of that, like Mondo Video. Mm-hmm. You know what no, I mean? Totally, exactly. That makes sense. You worked in a record store. You know I what did. I'm, talking I'm about. remembering like tagging these movies. In exactly. The VHS. Like white people watch the craziest shit. Watch five ninety stuff on purpose. Five ninety five. Cult classics. Anyway, all right. right. Halftime, and then we're past halftime. It's the third quarter, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, Memory Lane. Oh man, man. So it's like now he's kind of full-on story rap by the time we get to here and it's cool because this one kind of has like um uh a little lighter like again not only are they perfect tracks they're also sequenced perfectly. i know right yeah. i know i know so you're coming out of halftime which has this kind of dark brooding great sleigh bells yeah uh, it's so hype though yeah I know. it's weird I know. it's like um the cousin of a uh, party and bullshit the oh, the big song, yeah, which yeah, was yeah, also yeah. originally on a soundtrack. I'm not remembering what soundtrack. Who's it was the man? On, I think that you might be right with Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. Exactly. Oh, this is really wow. just a movie episode, guys. The wow. other Dr. Dre. Wow. Um, yeah, and it's like they're both like kind of like really hype, uh, like. Po- Mood setter mm. right. tracks. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like before blunt, you pull out your fronts. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, speaking of the um, uh, the sequencing, um, shouts to DJ Premier, who, yeah. who later took credit for saying he 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 oh, heard the, the sequence put everything together. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, memory perfect. It memory shows lane. a master's touch. Right? Totally. Yeah. Well, you have fucking Large Pro and Pete Rock to your right and left. I know. You know? Q-tip uh, in the <laughs> studio. Q-tip. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So but, memory lane definitely like. Oh, it's kind of lighter, but then the stories are kind of dark, too. So yeah, it's, it's right, like a great, right. it's a dope, dope contrast. It's emotive. Um, so the next song is One Love, produced by Q-Tip. Um, I had a phase where I was like really, really into this song. I was trying to make a blend, particularly with the second verse. The uh, Sometimes I sit back with a Buddha sack, mine's mm-hmm. in another world, thinking how could we exist through the facts. Um, and so I was listening to the acapella on the 12-inch a ton, and you can hear Nas turn the pages. No way. Oh, really? Yeah, it's okay. it, like, no it like gives me chills thinking that's, about that's, it. Yeah, it's wow. like, and like, there you can tell, like, we I think we talked about this when we talked to Razkaz. Some guys, like, kind of took the Jay-Z thing and, like, I, I don't write my rhymes right, like right, I, right, everything's right. off the head yeah. I keep my figures in my head yeah. kind of like that whole like 
genre of rap and i don't know if Nas ended up there it's kind of like a professional mc's it is kind of like style but um he was very much these these rhymes are very written totally and it's it's i don't know if you have that record pull it out and put the headphones on and turn it up and you can hear him turning the pages it's super dope to me like puts you in the room with it that's really cool so that's my my story about one love it's a weird badge of honor to be like i don't write shit down i guess it's cool to improvise but write a good fucking song if the songs are good then that's great yeah (laughs) that's what matters the flip side of that coin is uh some cats will sound like they're reading it sure, so right. there's sure there's right. sure. yeah there's a couple of uh, when we were um i listened to that npr with rakim and he's like yeah I, the bobito and stretch yeah. one where he's like yeah you know some of that shit i was just straight reading it and he want, he wished he could go back and yeah know, redo it. yeah well molly marl is famous for saying he thought rakim was terrible like he's like this dude's voice gives me a headache like how he's shit. how the way he's reciting i'm like Marley really? Marl, as history has sort of um unpacked i mean kind of sounds like a fucking jerk <laughs> right right wait so marley marl from every story he doesn't have he doesn't show up on it jack's at all. beats no interesting right, right, interesting right. which is like the matriarch or patriarch <laughs> uh, he was a bad mother uh the patriarch of <laughs> his neighborhood non-binary yeah <laughs> There's layers here, folks. There's layers. All right. One Love. Also, uh, E-40 did kind of a shameless um, rip on this song, which East Coasters really took that to heart. I think that's why uh, Rasheed Wallace dissed him in the... uh, Are the the... songs even the same? It just has the same title. No, 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 no. He's talking to a friend in jail. Uh, That's It's a whole concept. In the video, it's very similar. No, it was the thing. It was the thing. And so that's what I... I missed that. That's Mm. why... I feel like Rashid Wallace, um, who famously dissed E40 in 4080 Magazine, um, I think that's where a lot of that animus comes from. Is uh, that is that somehow interesting? We were just over here rip, which it was a, a pretty clean rip off, but uh, E40 is. A I moral. never put that together. I've listened to both of these songs hundreds of times, and I never even thought what about the? it being the same. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's yeah. why you listen to this podcast. You don't listen to it, but I you know. want it. That's why you want this podcast. I, sadly, I do listen to it. Do you? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm funny. Eh? I listen to every episode. We're all funny. <laughs> well, you kind of you produce it. You have to listen to every episode. You're kind of <laughs> locked in. Have fun with the last one. But uh, <laughs> try not to drown. Inside jokes. Inside jokes. <laughs> all right, one love. All right, and then. One time for your mind. Yeah, so I have heard, I am aware of the school of thought that says that this shouldn't have made the album, but I feel like this is, it's so fun. It's like, it's kind of a release after you get these really dark, moody tracks, mm-hmm. and it just feels mm-hmm. like you're on the corner with him and motherfuckers yeah. are just kicking yeah. freestyles totally. back and yeah. forth. Yeah, yeah no, I, I love mean? that. And yeah. uh, Large Pro kind of ties it all together. You know, mm-hmm. Large Pro really honestly is a, is an underrated voice in rap. He has an amazing voice for rap. I know he's like more I know of you a, mean a, a, a producer primarily, right, but right. um, he has a full on career as an MC he's for a sure. Very good yeah. MC and for and for a producer first MC. I, we might have talked about this on our producer rapper episode. He has literally two. Let's say if I make this fake list that I'm just making right now, top fifty verses. Um, you could argue looking at the front door. Mm-hmm. Yes, first verse is on my one of one agreed. of the best agreed. verses ever written. Totally. Right? And so his voice on this track, Nas just after totally taking you through this intense dark street narrative. Now this is kind of more back to just 
fun, mm-hmm. you know, party mm-hmm. style of hip hop. Mm-hmm. And I thought I thought it was a great kind of addition. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a good juxtaposition. I mean, the whole album is so scenic anyways. Right. So this, yeah, like you were saying, this is them kicking it, kicking freestyles. And yeah, chilling, it's, it's, so. it's a fun scene. Yeah. In, in yeah. A, amidst amidst it all. The next track is Represent. Represent, represent. Primo. This is, this is classic Primo. This is the only song where I used to be like, Right. That's a little East Coast for me. Really? Yeah, I used to be. I'm, I I'm, love songs it where it sounds like everyone's in the same room yeah, yelling. Totally, I totally. love that represent, shit, represent. dude. That's such a thing that will never come back yeah. to hip hop. Like, right, right. No one has enough people around at the, <laughs> like, at the time. You can't like email <laughs> totally. everyone. Like, can you yell represent 16 <laughs> times and then email me that? Just and then you put everyone? them all together. <laughs> it's a long CC list. <laughs> so, I, oh, uh, you know, man. scenario is the number one thing right. that always oh, okay. comes to mind. But yeah. like, I, I love we, because we, we called that rah rah back in the day. Interesting. Yeah. We called it that's rah rah. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, leaders of wrong. Lead, leaders of the new school mm. kind of pioneered that. I thought that was like a, a black moon sort of thing. They did that they too. They did that yeah. too for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's you, you can tell it's like several less dudes though. Totally. Like, black <laughs> totally. moon had those guys totally, and totally. they all yelled on the several on more beat. blunts and less dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So so there's. Uh, I just feel like this song is super hard. Like we were talking in uh, the. Uh, Gangstar episode yeah. where we had well snippets from Primo. You guys should go back and listen to that if you <laughs> haven't yet. Flex. Um, <laughs> it's just like he had decided to switch up his style around this time. Yep. And this yep. is this is some non-jazz Primo. That's true. You know that's what I mean? True. Like it's an early kind of cue of where that was headed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it definitely it. it definitely hits and could have been on hard to earn. Right. Like it has right. that feel. That's a great right. Point. Right. That's a great point. And then the the album is over, but not before we get some Michael Jackson. Yeah, oh, you gotta dude. have it. You gotta oh, have it. Oh, perfect. The human nature flip on a, it ain't hard to tell is like uh, it's iconic. Yeah, when, when it bleeds through, you're like, oh, excuse me, totally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And you, I wasn't even a kid checking for samples. I, mean, I was a fucking kid. Yeah. But right. it was right. like, what the, did I hear this before? You know, like, <laughs> you're really reminiscent. Of a, of a very popular song. Dave's like, why? <laughs> 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 I just imagine a young Dave saying that. Oh, man. I'm holding that imagery. Kicking in an ESL class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it ain't hard to tell. Is like one of those, you know, tattoo that shit on my chest type type lyrics. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. um, again because you excel and prevail. <laughs> I try clientele. Uh, it's it's one of those things where. There's a certain thing in in rapping as a as a bounce. So Method Man always has great bounce. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Red Man as well. Just the, the lyrics bounce, and I think "It Ain't Hard to Tell" is another one of those um, one of those songs where you know rap at its essence is talking fly shit over a beat. Right. Um, and so the what Paulo might say if he was here. <laughs> uh, shout out to Imaginary Paulo. Is there's definitely <laughs> something. Um, percussive about the way that he he gets into his lyrics on this one and so um the shit just ages so well man. right i right. listen to a lot i do i go back and right. i listen to shit and i'm just like all right had to be there totally you know games moved on i get i mean i totally respect yeah. all pioneers no, like it's like taking did. an old like old bottle of whiskey off the mm-hmm. you know off the shelf it's just it, it's just so perfect and you taste it you're Ageless. like oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, it's no. it still hits. And Ain't so, hard to tell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of a liquor endorsement, so yeah, Nas went on to be kind of this really interesting 
um, figure because we talked about was he haunted by Illmatic, and I think in his latter years he found a way to capitalize off of it. Um, time Time is Illmatic was huge. He did the Rock Rock the Bells tour mm-hmm. with it, where he did yep. that album. After a certain point, he stopped trying to get away from it. Right. And he, he embraced, embraced it. it. Right. And then right. we have a Hennessy ad where we hear New York State of Mind. Mm-hmm. It's for a certain guy of totally. a certain age. Totally. It's, it's pure aesthetic. It's like a, the George Clooneyfication of Nas. <laughs> um, and he's just, he's embraced yeah. that thing. And then, you know, he's a horrible picker of beats. We know this. Right. Um, but I think in his latter years, he, he gradually kind of started working back to that original that original formula um even even that horrible album with kanye still sorry Dave. Uh, <laughs> still you can feel them still trying to be like how do we make the illmatic moment happen again in a new context he'll never be that person again right, though. like right, you, you, right, he'll right. never be young again he'll never have like not done this before again right, right and right. he'll never like be looking at life that way mm-hmm. like sure. what what Illmatic has is this really interesting view on life where I think it's encapsulated in the little um vignette that they uh, weirdly try to shoehorn into the movie Belly where he's like um uh sending the shorty to the oh yeah yeah end yeah, of the yeah. block yeah, yeah. to the store for Phillies yeah. and, and they make they make it's such a weird scene because I think in the in the song He's saying he left him some jewels that he could sell if he chose Gross, yeah. mentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in the movie, jewel. he's like taking his necklace off and giving it to this little kid. And right, I'm just like, right. it's so like ham fisted. Totally. Anyway, I just totally. want to sneak in my little diss of. The- <laughs> you think Hype Williams isn't a world class auteur? Oh, my God. He has a way with visuals. The <laughs> yeah. beginning of that movie is amazing. Anyway. No, but Nas was such a young wise man on this album. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, so it, you want to hear that wisdom in his later shit. As as a as an adult, it's like he's not yeah. a wise old man. Totally, he was a wise young man. Exactly. And I think I, I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest here. Uh, in that Mass Appeal um, documentary series that we talked about on a previous episode, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. he it's basically him and Dave East. Him and Dave East. Yeah, Nas looks bad. <laughs> he, he looks like he got his Hennessy payment in product. Right. Totally. He, remember when he's driving around uh, New Orleans in yeah. like the back of that SUV, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, this would be sick. I'll just get a." house with a porch and we'll like sit up sit back and drink mint juleps or whatever because they're in new orleans and i'm like dude you could do that literally anytime you're talking about airbnb totally (laughs) you don't have to be nas the famous like brilliant rapper you could just be some guy and get a pad with your homies in new orleans and party like he seems like he he's a partier and like you can we we know exactly (laughs) we know some weird stuff about his personal life because he's a famous person it hasn't like all gone his way right um but I just think there's such an interesting perspective of it's it's he's hood adjacent living in the projects. Mm-hmm, he's right. not a participant in these stories necessarily. As Jay Z pointed out to us, rather <laughs> rather which is a whole a whole deal, right? Yeah. But and that's fine. I don't I don't have a right, problem right, with that. Right. Is if you're this brilliant of a writer and rapper, then you like I'll take what you can give me. Um, but I just think he'll he'll never be that person again. And, and nor, that's why he nor, can never do another Illmatic. Yeah, nor it's not, will it's not any, possible. any young young person, right? Like, Jay-Z will never 
you know, capture the energy of, of his first one. And I guess what, what Nas kind of the, but Jay Z doesn't try to, no, right, no, no, he right. reinvents. That's he what reinvents. I'm saying. And yeah. And so, and so Nas, like he's an old sage now. Right, Jay Z you know? is not haunted by the blueprint. He's not haunted by reasonable doubt. Totally. He's just Jay Z. Cause right. he'll dump it and just do something totally yeah, different. And, and he doesn't care if you hate it either. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, but no one has hated it yet, except for kingdom come weirdly, which mm-hmm. is not as bad as people make it's, it out. It's not to as be. bad as people say kingdom come. Oh, I thought the, the our our one of our fave listeners, Sun Ra, said it was the one with him in Timberlake. Which oh, one was that? Um, Holy Grail. Holy, Magna Carta uh, Holy Grail. Which has, has moments for me. There's but a couple I can, cuts. I, I can see why somebody would say that. That's though. a bad album. No, I, dude, how about his album with fucking R. Kelly? Yeah. That's got to go. He's super embarrassed That's by that. I know, yeah. I know. But that was he did, Apparently, he says now he didn't want to do it at the time. Yeah, he, he jettisoned <laughs> that really Easy quick. to say now. So, yeah. so how pissed would Nas be to see the Illmatic episode end with us talking about Jay-Z? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of that's fucked up. But Jay-Z really kind of, unfortunately or unfortunately, really encapsulated um, how Nas's career arc was going by jabbing him. Oh, with yeah. with you know the one hot album every ten year average kind of yeah. in in such a way that was kind of pre Twitter it was like an expert troll pre Twitter oh, yeah. right and I think has also colored how people think about Nas although I will say this there's a lot of people that love Nas because they see him as the antithesis of, sure. of Jay Z which I always right, thought was right, funny because right. I'm like no Nas has cheesy club hits too they totally. have way more in common than they are different agreed, in, in agreed. terms of like their their product as yeah. rappers I don't know them as people but yeah. I think um, Ether is also like become a term in society yes. about right, like right. murdering someone's feelings so yeah, totally. yeah. He, he didn't lose that battle necessarily not that no not you that know? one no, no, I like the takeover but I think Ether same. is the better diss rap song agreed agreed oh absolutely and it kind of it reinvigorated his career because then then people really started writing for Nas again and, and wanting to root for him um, no total 10-8 round Nas on yeah. that one, for sure. he's just he he came out at the right time where he got rich yeah. so and that and yeah. that it just to return to my point briefly is why he can never write another omatic yeah. it's not a rich person's perspective right, right. It's, yeah. it's a yeah. it's a the young wise person's like the project resident and I might be like putting you know rose-colored lenses on this because mm-hmm, yeah. i like returning to that time as a listener with him so much but like a rich person wouldn't write that care enough i know i know to write that detailed about what they were seeing totally right? rich totally. people ride by in the back of cars they don't sit on the bench and take right. notes on right. the, the experience that's right. happening it's, it's but a i want to see those sharp observations carried over to adulthood though right. what, what do you mean? mean who started fox news did you know before Nas <laughs> dropped claus? that on you it was santa claus <laughs> <laughs> did you know about anti-vaxxing oh, jeez oh, man um, I yeah. want to point out I did not bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. I've Just grown. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's it's been an a interesting career arc for Nas, but I guess what I keep going back to with a lot of, of hip-hop is saying – we, we just have to appreciate these records. Like, even if he never mm-hmm. did another solid anything, mm-hmm. um, how many people have 10 records that don't even come close oh, to totally. this one? Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. Almost all of them. I think it yeah. transcends hip-hop. I mean, if you pick genres and are like, what are these? And you, you yeah. take the best and have them battle in, in brackets. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this, this is probably rap's you know, you first could say pick, this, right? Yeah, you could say that this is If you're looking for a concise album that explains everything that's good about mm-hmm. the genre, you could... You right. could do no better. Totally. Yeah. To, to the cover art, right down yeah. to right down yeah. to every detail, every every aspect, every of stitch. It. So I'm I'm a dreamer. 
And they say I'm not the only one. But um, <laughs> will we ever see? Obviously, we're not saying from Nas. Oh, but your will, parents weren't born in America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't have ice on me either. <laughs> no, we don't need that. Um, so, will we ever see something like that again? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I, I think believe so. in hip hop. I don't think it's dead. I think that people are making great art right now. Right. Another great ten track album could be around the corner now. Would it get the push? Well, that's Would it what I be mean. understood as like, a, mm-hmm. will, will mm-hmm. there ever be anything that's, that's what not I mean. dissected and debated? To right. That's what I mean. It's, there's So there's certain things, right? Like, there'll never be another Beatles in part because of when they came along. Right. They were an amazing group sure. that came along at a particular dawn of recorded, the selling of recorded music, right? Not the dawn, but kind of the heyday. And so I, I get scared because I'm like, yeah, if, if whoever, little Nas X, big Nas Y, Whoever drops a 10-song classic album tomorrow, aren't we going to be done with that in, like, two weeks? Aren't, don't we just consume these things so much faster now? Maybe. We, we're in it now, so we're not really able to right, tell. I'll, right. I'll say this. Um, if I had to pick one person who could make the perfect 10-song East Coast rap album right now, Benny. Wow. I could wow. see Benny making see an album that. this I good. I didn't think I thought you were he's, he's on fire right now, dude. Tana Talk oh, 3 totally. was so good. getting there. It was really yeah. close. It just needed to be edited a little bit. But he's got the like street thing, mm-hmm. the lyrics, the presentation. Mm-hmm. He's authentic. Totally. There's I, a wisdom there, too. I could see too. him There's if he got... Yeah. Definitely wisdom. I don't know who it would be. I guess it would be Alchemist, Derringer... All the hot people right now, mugs. Right, like if he got if he got an all star lineup of like three or four producers and just like went for concision yep. and just classic lyricism, he could make an album. Totally, that, that totally. would be this moment's version of that. Yeah, agreed. Interesting. Agreed. Interesting. All right, I'll executive produce it. <laughs> Bring a there. bag of money to San Jose, or or even a small Ziploc bag. Um, <laughs> no one makes any money off music. That is so interesting. Alchemist okay. mugs. Who did you guys Lock. think I was going to say? I thought you were leaning towards you were going to say something about Kendrick. Edon. <laughs> uh, Kendrick has his. He went maximalist for his great album, right? Right. He right. went. He went crazy. Jazz Odyssey right. opera. With To Pimp a Butterfly. And Damn, even though it won the Pulitzer Prize and is a very good record, uh, is not is not Illmatic, right? That's his concise agreed. His concise record. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Yeah, even Good Kid Mad City has too much like narrative Mm -hmm. stuff in between, Mm -hmm. too many Mm -hmm. skits, too much you know, it's all over the place. If if you just want like concision, that's what I think it comes down to. Yeah, and I and I feel like um because it's hard to say what's going to happen in the future, but I feel like whatever that next Illmatic thing will be, it's it'll have to hit us from left field. It'll have to be something right, that right. we've an approach that we quite haven't heard yet. That we quite there's have to be. It kind of reminds me when I first heard um, Earl's uh, Doris. I was like, who the fuck is this kid? Yeah. There has you to know be that I mean? element. Like sort mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. you're used to it, but it's totally different. All right. I- now that I've thought about this a little bit, the closest thing to Illmatic for our current moment, and it's it's actually been a while now, is Marsburg. Mm, oh, for us, given his rise, okay, it's like it sounded different than what was out at the time, but it also like related to things, and it was concise, and it like has stood the test of time. It started a whole new wave, totally, totally. But the Marsburg sound wasn't like fully developed until later, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I mean he, def- he, he definitely opened up. Um, an entirely new lane. I would even say for like the 
the preponderance of lo-fi as we know it like that whole that whole aesthetic but now we're not we're not claiming that doom of our present time it has the closest kind of i mean he has a lot are you saying mad villainy <sighs> yeah, that's the only I get, I get Doom lost. record. No, I mean, <laughs> uh, Operation Doomsday for me is like a real. There's a lot of skits and a lot of filler. And you hate skits. I I'm not You're the anti-skit. biggest skit fan in the world, but uh, uh, you're the, skittish. One of the <laughs> I, I'm just trying to like prove my thesis that the reason this album is so perfect and so good is because there's it's no fat. No filler. And right. skits are fat by their very nature. Right. Right. It, it's right. Skit, okay. Skits right. are skippable. Right, right. Even the even the best skit, the best right. De La skit, I'm going to skip now. Right. Yeah. Oh, to get to the song. The De La skit, skits weren't good. Ice Cube's skits still hold up. Ice Cube's skits are mm, cinematic. The, I, 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 you I somehow mean, managed skits. to agree with me and say two things I completely disagree <laughs> with in the same sentence. <laughs> bang, bang. The De La, De La has good skits, dude. Yeah. They're what, hilarious. You don't think any of the skits are good? They're hilarious. De La? Crocker. <laughs> I De La Soul is dead. I feel haunted by those skits. I know them by heart. I know all the ones mm, on right. um, Three Feet you High call by Heart. Coxnot. <laughs> Listen, Coxnot. Like um, JD's Gafflin on uh, on America's Most Wanted. Um, just yeah. There's if you go back and listen to a, America's Most Wanted or Death Certificate. Yeah. Um, cinematic. Yeah, like, no, they are cinematic. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm a bigger Lethal Injection fan than most mm. people, and I have memorized mm. the skits on that. Where he's like, they go and they talk to the old man who's like sitting on the bus. Mm. Are you guys yeah. there with yeah. me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marilla. So you don't mind if I take these car keys and yeah. you know, yeah, the whole thing. So I, Ice Cube skits are good. That doesn't mean all skits are good or bad. And I definitely don't think that De La skits are <laughs> completely terrible. We're talking about the king of skits, exactly. Right? I mean, no, like, no, oh, by volume, and, they're the volume shooter of skits. They they are okay, okay. Of Alvin, sure. uh, the Alan Iverson, if you will, of, uh, <laughs> of skit creation. I love De La Soul. Do not come for me. Um, speaking of which, I heard um, I heard a joint off of their last record, the Anonymous Nobody, at Mod Pizza today. I was like eating my overpriced wow. pizza with That's a weird. Caesar, and I was like, "This is De La Soul." Wow. Was it the David Byrne song? N- no, which, I've heard that in public which, before. Which which would make more sense? It's the one Pain. Okay. Yeah, which it wasn't out of place. Like they had just played some Lord or some weird shit, yeah. and then Daylight came on. I was like, huh. Well, huh. now it's just like some Pandora fucking algorithm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Um, I have to give a shout out to the hotel that I stayed at in Paris. It's called the Hotel Grand Boulevard, and uh, they were playing Bahamadia when I checked in. Yeah, and they I knew was you like, were coming. Is this really happening? Like Is I was looking really? around. Lucia handles all the travel arrangement stuff so usually while she's checking in i just wander around and i was like damn dude this is crazy and then they were playing tommy boy or a tom tom club um not genius of love mm-hmm. wordy rapping hood when oh, we went out oh. in, into the into like to go have our problematic evening. and then when we were checking out um they were playing mass appeal what? I know they had the best hotel music I've ever heard, wow. but, and it was not even close. Wow. Like you crazy. could go to a W or something, and they'll play like you know Portishead. hotel lobby music, like well, well, Thievery I, Corporation. Yeah, or something I was, like that, I was it, Im- not impressed, but it, it occurred to me at in the stay of one of these hotels I was in that like there's a genre of hotel music, and yesterday's new quintet is, is in right it. in it. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't understand that. I, I think like, of oh, like shit. Licky Lee and like kind of like indie one hit mm-hmm. wonders right. as like hotel music these days. Like absolutely, yeah. I don't the know. First... If you guys know that cult song "Go Outside"? Do you guys know that song? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you'd know it if you heard it. If you heard it. It's in, in a hotel. And stuff. Uh, you, would, you would hear it in a, in a hotel Look, lounge. The you'd, first, you'd feel cool. The first hotel to play New York State of Mind, when I come in, I'm leaving immediately because that shit's grimy. But that is the challenge to you hoteliers uh, to put more hip-hop in American hotels. We're tired of this shit. Or hire us to make your playlist. Yes. Off top. Curated by well Dead done. Bod Red Pod. Exactly. We'll do it for room cards. This is the Dead Bod <laughs> Rap Pod. All right. Next up, we have an interview with Faith Newman, the A&R who signed Nas to Columbia Records and was an integral part of shaping um, the recording of Illmatic. And uh, as you'll hear, kind of putting up with a young recalcitrant Nas as he was crafting his masterpiece. Well, you know, just to start off, I mean, you know, you being one of the main sort of architects behind the project, um, how does mm-hmm. 25 years feel? Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like um, it, it's gone by in a flash. And I mean, it feels like yesterday that we just had the 20th mm-hmm. um, with the, you know, with documentary and all that that surrounded it. Um, it's hard to believe that that's been five years. So, right. Twenty five years feels like feels like it, it went by in a flash. This is probably a story you've told told before, but can you, you know, sort of retell about the first time you, you laid eyes on Nas and just the first time you guys met? Oh, the first time we met. Yeah. Um, well that was after I um wanted to sign him. Mm. And um and he came to my office at C- we were in the CBS building then. Um and he came to my office, and um, I think he was with Jungle and one other person. And um, he kind of, you know, he had this big, like, bow goose down coat on and a hat, you know, pulled down, like, over his eyes, you know. And he was kind of just sitting there, and I was trying to engage him, you know. Um, and I don't even know how he got on the subject of Wild Style, um, but we started talking about Wild Style. And... Um, he um he said so you're like the lady in wild style <laughs> meaning, meaning meaning the white lady patty astor and i'm like mm. i'm like not exactly but you know and that was but like that was kind of how we broke the ice and he laughed and i laughed and from then on we were cool okay um so leading up to um you know you you did sign him and it comes time to craft this album like what was your mm-hmm. what was your goal? What did you set out to do with this project? Um, I just said I knew that he was a genius, a young genius. Mm. Um, I knew that he had something to say. I knew that he was a storyteller. I thought that he was a poet, and I got all of this off of just him being on live at the barbecue. Mm. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, and I felt like he had. 
you know, coming from Queensbridge and all of these things, like he had this voice and he had this story that he needed to tell and that the world needed to hear. And I truly believe that. And to do that, you know, to make the best possible album, um, you get the best possible producers, <laughs> which was which was different at the time because, you know, prior to that, pretty much every hip-hop album had one producer. Mm-hmm. And this had, you know, the cream of the crop of all New York producers on it, um, all wanting to work with him. You know, which was which was amazing, and um, and they all delivered. That's for sure. <laughs> um, what was the process of sort of corralling all these producers together? Was that hard to to orchestrate and put together? No, it actually it wasn't hard at all to tell you the truth. I mean, because everybody was engaged and everybody was down to do it, and everybody was excited about him and working with him. So it went that went pretty smooth. Um, you know, the problems really, and the reason it took two years to make the album was more for Nas to have his process. Well, first of all, to grieve his friend who was murdered Mm. um, in between all of this and, you know, to go through that. And also, you know, like being a teenager, I mean, and, you know, and having this kind of pressure and, you know, we would book sessions and he would just not show up (laughs) a lot. A lot, (laughs) you know, um, and it's almost like, you know, looking back on it, it had to take the time that it took, even if it, even if it meant that I was getting a lot of pressure from the record label Mm. to hurry up and finish. Mm. Um, Two years was a really long time, (laughs) (laughs) even, even at the state of the industry then, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, so so yeah, I mean, it just it, it was a process that had to take its own time and it did. And also, you know, he had a feel that he had a you know, the beats he was very particular in the beats that he picked. Mm. You know, like Premier would like suggest something, you know, like give him a beat and that he thought was dope and Nas would be like, nah. You know. <laughs> and then, and then he but then he'd like find one and he'd like, you know, like he found that New York state of mind piano sample and that was it. You know, that was like, um, that was a beautiful thing. Mm. Um, you know, of the producers, um, what was your relationship with large professor? Like, cause I know he sort of spearheaded a lot of that. Oh, he absolutely did. And he was, he was my first contact with Nas. Mm. He was the first, he was the first person I went to. Oh, wow. You know, I'm like, tell me about this kid, Nasty Nas. Like, what's the story? What's the deal? You know? <laughs> um, so Paul, uh, large professor, um, who I call Pauly, um, <laughs> was my first point of contact to Nas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, I've heard you sort of um, compare Nas to Rakim before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in what ways did he strike you as, you know, like a sort of a second coming? Because he, you know, because not Rakim changed the game because he was a storyteller and it wasn't like bragging rap mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and what it had been prior, it, like there was a before Rakim and an after Rakim, mm-hmm. you know, with mm-hmm. his kind of wordplay and his verbal skills and his storytelling ability and his ability to paint this very vivid picture um, was something that I found in Nas as well. You know, especially for Nas being as young as he was, to have that kind of perspective, 
that kind of storytelling ability, that kind of, you know, ability to paint such a vivid picture mm-hmm. of the life as life, of life as he knew it, you know. Um, so I definitely do think that they share a lot of similarities. In your opinion, um, what do you think the kind of instant acclaim um, for Illmatic and it's kind of being cemented as this instant hip hop classic meant for the rest of Nas's career? I think maybe it 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 could be there's a, a downside to it mm. because it's kind of like everything you do after that point is going to be judged on on Illmatic and the and the influence that it had and the you know and and the the you know the kind of the work of art that it was um you know I, I think it could be it could be difficult to you know feel like you have to follow that up and also at the same time feel like you've grown up and you've grown past it and you've moved on to other things and have other things to talk about mm-hmm. and other experiences to talk about um so that's kind of the conundrum um i know and i could be speaking out of turn um for nas but i know for a while as far as I heard, he didn't really want to talk about Illmatic. Mm. You know, he went through a phase where it was like, I'm not talking about Illmatic. <laughs> I'm going to talk about whatever it is I'm working on now. And I think right around the 20, you know, when they worked, started working on the documentary around the 20th is when he really saw that he, what he was responsible for and what it meant to people. And I think he, he embraced it again. Again, I could be speaking for him and not, but it, I, I don't know, but it's just, that's kind of the sense that I got. Sure. We, we really appreciate your perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Was it always going to be called Illmatic and what, what does Illmatic mean to him and mean to you and why is it called Illmatic? It's called Illmatic, well, because it's ill. <laughs> <laughs> and it's automatic. It's automatically <laughs> ill. Um I think he always had that name in, in mind for the, for the album, always. Mm. It was like, um, you know, just, what can I say? He, it, it's like without knowing how it was going to turn out, he always knew, I think, that it was going to turn out in this kind of, in you know, what I would call seriously a perfect album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got to say, I mean, you know, a short album, but a perfect album. Um, it, was there any particular sessions or, you know, recording moments that stick out to you uh, during the making of the album? Well, there was, I would, um, i say actually there's a story that uh, one session that um, he had scheduled at D&D mm. and um, I was there and he didn't show up that night. Um so, you know, I'm always thinking, you know, shit, you know, we got to pay for this session and he's not here. I got to, <laughs> you know, hear more shit from the label about all the money that we're spending and all the money we're wasting. And anyway, I was like feeling particularly like pissed off that night, just about a lot of stuff. And um, he had left his uh, one of his uh, books, his rhyme books, you know, mm. um, in the studio from, I guess, the night before or whatever. And I started reading it. And I just was like, had this moment of clarity where I was like, I don't care how long it takes to finish this album. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This guy's a 
fucking genius, man. <laughs> like, you know, I didn't even, that, that was really like a moment where I kind of like exhaled <laughs> and just said, and said to stop and stop worrying and just trust that it was going to, it was going to happen the way it needed to happen. Even if we were spending a lot of money on, you know, studio sessions that never happened. Sure. Um, the great story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, mm -hmm. How did the album sell? I think we think a lot about its critical reception, but I actually don't right. have a sense of like, how did it come out the gate it, and like, it, how, how did it, it do for the company? It didn't do very well um, real in, in terms of expectations. I think mm. we did only about 86,000 the first week. And the reason was because uh, the album had been so bootlegged. Mm. Uh, mm. So that pretty much everywhere, and I'm not talking about in the US, I'm talking about over in the UK, I'm talking wow. about everywhere, people had the album. Hmm. Interesting. And it's one of the few albums from its time that doesn't have an anti bootlegging track on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, exactly. You know, like, how do you think? Exactly. Um, how, how do you so, think it did? So I think that, that really cut into our, our first week sales, no doubt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have a sense of how that happened? Was it some engineer somewhere or do you, it did was, you ever follow up? I think up? it was an engineer originally. And then um, DJ SNS um, had a copy. Uh, I know that he made a bunch of copies for people. Um, somehow it got out of the studio and, in, and into the hands of some DJs and stuff. And it just like kind of metastasized from there <laughs> you um, know <laughs> uh do you have a favorite track or uh something that defines the the record for you um they're all so good it's so hard <laughs> i like i mean i like each one for different reasons you know i i would actually say memory lane mm -hmm. because he's a teenager and he's already reminiscing on his past Mm. you know and then he creates this picture of his childhood and woven in with the present time that i just think is genius and i just think it's really poignant and and special that he was just that like i said that a teenager is being you know is reminiscing on their childhood like that i mean it was so mature for him um so yeah, that would be I I choose that as my favorite. You know, just to give people a little bit of perspective, I mean, you you mentioned having a lot of pressure on you to get the project done and stuff. When you know, where were you in your career at that point? And just to you know, let people know kind of what yeah, what you were I had, against. Well, I um I had been at uh, Def Jam um, Records for uh, five years, four and a half years before I came to Columbia in '91. Um, I signed Nas two weeks into my stint at Columbia. Wow. Um, so I was, I was, I was, uh, uh, what was my title? Senior director of A&R at Columbia Records at the time. Wow. Um, also, so, you know, after, after all these years, you know, when you look back, what's, what's like the one thing that sort of is, or is there one thing that sort of sticks out to you about that era? when you guys were about, about that oh this, this was an amazing era and to begin with it was you know new york was the center of the universe <laughs> i mean and you were you were coming off of you know the west coast invasion in the early 90s and then you slip into you know nas and biggie and wu-tang clan and pete rock and seal smooth and black moon and 
you know, I'm forgetting a million other people, I'm sure, but um, the groups that, de- you know, kind of define that, that moment in time that was so special uh, about New York. And, um, you know, it's too bad. I don't think we'll ever get back there again, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't see it coming, but, you know, who knows? Maybe something will change. For sure. Um, we just want to thank you for your time again. And do you have anything you want to plug or any shout outs that you want to do? Um, let's see. Well, you know, I'm working, I just finished this album that just came out. I don't know if you follow me on social media or not, but we will. It's this, it's this album, um, actually that was like recorded 50 years ago by this group called the Nat Turner Rebellion. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, I can send you the information on it. And um, basically what had happened was we bought the masters to this record ca- record company called Philly Groove Records. Mm. And um, Nat Turner Rebellion was one, the Delphonics were in there, and a bunch of other groups, but Nat Turner Rebellion was in the group and had never put an album out. And so 50 years later, I got to finally put the record out. Um, it's an amazing album. Um, what's the sound uh, is it is it like jazz or like soul no it's soul wow it's funk funk and soul wow that sounds incredible it's really incredible there's only one um living member of the group and he's been really into like doing interviews and we had a piece in, in rolling stone in new york times and um philadelphia inquirer um so it's yeah, it's a pretty cool project, so I'm pretty excited. Wow, about we that. are definitely looking forward to that. Thank you again. I'm 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 gunning for a Grammy. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Faith, um, you know, we just want to thank you again so much for you know helping us celebrate um, the 25th anniversary, and especially you know like tomorrow is the day. So you know, thank you again so tomorrow much. Tomorrow is the day. <laughs> Timing couldn't have been it. more perfect. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey everybody, thanks again for tuning in this week and every week. Um, We really appreciate you all. Um, Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Um, That's mainly where we're active these days. And I have a special announcement. Um, We are actually all performing at the same event. It's called Bring the Noise. And it's going to be at Back Bar in downtown San Jose on April 27th. So if you're in the Bay Area and you want to come out and meet us, um, Damone will be hosting the event. It's a it's a hip-hop party. Um, it's through um, the record label that Dave and Nate, uh, Dave and I, are uh, co-owners of. So um, we have uh, past guest Cutso DJing and future guest Plattern. Um, they're going to be performing with some MCs that they work with and then a bunch of great DJs. Um, MCs from out of town, Longshot from Chicago, Cats from Minneapolis. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I know I'm going to try to use my DJ set just to play Hiding Places, uh, probably side one, and then call it a night and just probably get a couple of JMOs and keep back at the bar. So if you want to meet Nate, Dave, Damone, um, and support the DadBot Squad, come on out to the show. Uh, we would look forward to meeting you all. And, uh, yeah, we'll be doing more stuff like this, but um, should be a fun night. Hope to see you there. 
Um, check the Twitter for details. Peace.